You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. Put your hands up if you know. Um, some of you, it, it'll be indifferent. No one will be on the fence about this. You'll either know what this is or you're like, I don't care. Um, and I don't expect you to care, but I just want to tell you a little bit about what fascinates me about this thing. Um, one, I love technology. And so I'm not at all saying technology's evil. I'm not going down that side. But there's something really interesting about this. This is like when the iPhone was released or the iPod back then. This is Apple. Their CEO, Tim Cook, released a new product. Um, it's, it's the first version of it, and it's called the Vision Pro. It's a VR and AR headset. And what I mean by that is virtual reality. You put it on and you go to another reality. Or AR which means augmented reality, which means it projects something. So if I had the goggles on, I would see you guys, but I could also be watching sports. Um, if you know me, that's not what I'd be watching. Um, <laughs> but you could be watching sports, I could be watching, oh, I could be watching the sermon recording and talking to you. So I could be sitting on a couch, I could project screens up and be doing work with these goggles on, so it projects something onto your vision. And uh, again, it's just technology. But what I find fascinating is how obvious the world is. It has these little infrared cameras in there that tracks your eye movement. That means as people start adopting these and they get smaller, it'll track where you look. It'll record that and it'll get better at it and more sensitive to it and it will know what drives your attention. And so again, no conspiracy here. The world is obvious with what it's trying to do. It wants your attention. It wants your attention. It's not a secret. It's not even evil that it wants your attention to sell your latest washing machine. But it just know this morning it wants your attention. Well, already I do that thing where I feel like part of my body is missing when I don't have my phone. So they've already got me there. Now they're going to strap the thing to my face and sell me whatever I've talked about or whatever I've looked at lately. It'll sell that back at me. They're not even subtle. They've called it the Vision Pro. They want your vision. Again, this is not some secret. They've called it that. They want your vision. They want your attention. The moment you walk out of here, they want your attention. They want to tell you how the world works. They want to tell you what you don't have, what you don't have enough of. They want to tell you what they think is missing. They preach at you the moment. Again, not a conspiracy. You know this. Now, you might be like, well, I don't have one of them. No, but there's been editorials in newspapers for years. There's been a current affair, the project, for years. You know this. Te- they've got an opinion. They've got a vision for how the world needs to work, and they'll tell you the moment you walk out of here and turn on the radio. So whatever age or technology you're interested in, they're not even subtle. They want your attention. And so I guess... The question is just simply, if they want your attention, if they want to tell you how the world works, if they want to control how you see the world, then as a follower of Jesus or someone curious about Jesus this morning, I just ask this simply. I think that's the next slide. Your move. If you know that's what the world's doing, if you know they're forming you into not having a big enough house or they know you're forming into not feeling like enough or wanting to buy this or wanting to have this lifestyle or you're looking at Instagram and looking at everyone's highlight reels and thinking, I'm not enough, I don't have enough. If you know that's what they're doing, not even subtly, what are you doing 
about it. Your move. As a follower of Jesus, it's your, your turn now, your move. What are you going to do? Not, I'm not necessarily saying boycott technology. I'm saying, what do we do? How we have to live in the world. If you boycotted everything, you'd never be able to look at, look, go outside. I'm not saying that. What do you do? What do we do? And I don't have the absolute solution, but this is a little bit, if you didn't know, this is a little bit about what the transformation trek is about. If you've seen these brochures or pamphlets or we call them practice guides in each month, this is what it is at the heart of them. They're not the answer. They're a suggestion about exploring the ways of Jesus, exploring his view of the world, doing the things he did, learning the things he taught. That's what it's about. And so can I ask you not to just look at these and go, that's a nice thought, but participate. Participate in these. Find a small table and explore these monthly. Be a part of it. That's how we grow. Do you know, we did rest last month. And I had a couple of guys from here sat around and they said this, and it was, I appreciated solid feedback. They said, rest. We're doing rest again. And I said, yeah, but how's it been? Um, and they said after the month, they tried to rest. And they said, we have a real problem. A couple of these guys said, we have a real problem with slowing down a rest. Even though it's simplistic, we don't do it. And a couple of them tried it, and it's changing their lives. I know another guy from Southport. Southport's adopted this. This is a burly initiative, but we have five different churches, one even that's uniting, and they're even allowed, um, that are all doing this. And one story from Southport is a guy that literally, after practicing rest last month, went to his boss and said, enough's enough, I'm working less. Because it's getting in the way of my formation with Jesus. And so that's, that's crazy in the modern era of their vision is, no, 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 you work and you work up that ladder. He said, no, enough's enough. Not laziness, but I'm actually more productive when I'm in Jesus. And so today's, well, let me actually read Romans 12, 1 to 3. Well, this is one of my favourite verses. Because it's not, this is not my opinion, by the way. This is not just my idea. This is straight out of the Bible. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. I love that, in view of God's mercy. He says, putting on the Jesus goggles, if you will, in view of what God has done, with that lens on, in view of everything, his, his worldview, his ideas, his way, in view of all of that, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. I love Sunday mornings, love praise time, but if you thought that was just worship, I encourage you to open it up a bit more. Responding to the way God is working in the world is true and proper worship. And singing. Singing's fun. But so is going to Vanuatu. That is worship. So is serving faithfully, filling up communion cups. Worship. Holy and pleasing to God. This is true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. They have a pattern. They have a way for you. They've stopped being subtle about it. They're literally calling it the Vision Pro. We've got professional at capturing your vision. It's not even subtle. The pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test 
and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing perfect world, uh, perfect will. This is not a law we're creating. We're not earning points with dad. He loves you. He's already died for you. He's already given you a new way to live. In view of that, we as a church want to respond. It's effort, as it says in Second Peter, not earning. It's practicing something, not performing. We're not going, Dad, look at me. We're going, Dad, you already love us. How can I participate in the world? Amen? Cool. So today's gratitude, which at first you might be tempted and you're not judged for this going, seriously? You're going to tell me to say thank you. That's it? I learned that from my parents when I was six. That's what the sermon's on? It would be easy, but can I encourage you? It's almost like one of those, um, they don't do them anymore, but those steak knife ads. Um, tr- yeah, no, no, yeah, not, not, not so much there's more. However, try this for 30 days and I can't give you money back. <laughs> but try to participate in this and come tell me your life hasn't shifted. That's my encouragement. That's my invitation. Try to practice this, look through this with a small group of people and come tell me life hasn't shifted for you and I'll, I'll give you an apology. Yeah, I'll say sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I won't preach on gratitude again. But I, I, know, I know if you participate in this, things will shift. And so we're going to explore gratitude and just three encouragements this morning and then it's your move. Practice this. Find some people. What a great way if you've been thinking about joining a small table or starting one to grab some people after the service today and go, will you explore this this month with me? Online, over the phone, over Microsoft Teams, in person, after a coffee, while there was a season there where Mez um, would, was wanted to meet up with some young adults when we were young adult pastors at Southport, but she couldn't because we had three kids <laughs> under like four. So she took them shopping with her. Said, I need help while I'm shopping. Um, and so we help push, push the trolley and play with my kids while we talk about what God's doing in our life. Don't make it hard on yourself. Find the rhythm you're in and invite someone into it. Because um, sometimes we're busy people. Gratitude. View of gratitude. So three encouragements today. And a couple of quotes that I found on gratitude from some people way smarter than me. It's only with gratitude that life becomes rich. Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He was a martyr, somewhat a prophet, and a phenomenal leader during World War II um, for the Christian church. David Jeremiah, which I know a lot of you love here, no matter what our circumstances, we can find a reason to be thankful. And then Billy Graham, if you've been around church for more than a couple of days, you'll know the name Billy Graham. A spirit of thankfulness is one of the most distinctive marks of a Christian whose heart is attuned to the Lord. Thank God in the midst of trials and every persecution. So first encouragement today is a grateful mind. Everybody say, why not? Everybody say a grateful mind. Let me read Philippians 4, 4, 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition 
with what? With thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which has transcended all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. I love that. Guard your mind. A grateful mind. One of the things the world preaches is loves loves to preach this is anxiety. Because it sells. You know, overseas, and I'm not commenting on the whole situation. Uh, it's a tragedy, but we all heard about the submarine. Do you know overseas on some of the news stations they had countdowns on the news channel with how much air was left? in the sub do you think they're doing that because they're trying to inform us or do you think you're doing it because they know you'll turn it back on and click and watch and be updated because it drives views we crave a little bit of anxiety we crave a little bit of fear christian church does this a little bit like in its marketing sometimes we like it's the end times all the time uh, because that drives people in but there's more to the gospel than that I'm not saying that's not part of it. There's more, right? We don't need a spirit of fear. We know who wins. That's what, I'm not going to go into a series on Revelation right now, but that's the point of it if you don't understand Revelation and the prophetic and uh, the writing is that God wins. A grateful mind. But the world doesn't want you to know. The world wants you to feel anxious, wants you to want more, not feel like you're enough. Again, it's not, I hope you're not going, oh, that's his opinion. They're like, it's so, they're telling us practically that that's their goal. Commenting on everything, dramatizing everything, putting a countdown clock as people die, or as we found out, we're already dead. Yet they squeezed every bit of anxiety out of that. And here's the other problem if, you, if that captures your vision, anxiety, um, I recently got a new car, first new car I've ever had. I'm very excited um, and uh, you'll notice I park it in the furthest spot because I've got a little anxiety on it um, and I would hate one of my church members. I'm meant to love everybody and if one of you hit it, I would struggle. <laughs> no, no, it's, so that's a warning. No, no, I park it literally at the furthest park I can find here, I park it. I also do that so you guys can have some car parks and I'm first here. But half my mind goes through, please don't hit it. Um, I know it's going to happen, but anyway. And it's a white Canon Ute. That's not important. However, I thought I was one of the only people that had one of those cars until I bought one. And guess what? They're everywhere. I'm driving down the street. Everyone got one at the same time we got one. It's called the Bander Menhoff Phenomenon. You know it, it's when you get a car or you're thinking about something and you see it everywhere. You haven't manifested it, it doesn't appear, it's already there, but your brain is a pattern-making machine. It's looking for it, it's looking for it. It's, 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 it's recognising it. So do you know why? So you're biased? I feel like I've made a good decision then, because everyone has one. 
Um, and so it's just confirming, it's totally fine. It's pattern recognition. But then you focus on anxiety. What are you going to see? If you wake up in the morning and you turn the news on or your social media and someone else has got a seemingly better life than you, well, that's going to start your day. To go, okay, how is everyone's life better than me today? That's the question you're going to ask. Or you turn on the news and it's all scary and fear. I'm not saying don't watch the news, but balance it. Guard your mind. Writer Philippians says, look at some good stuff, some God stuff. What is noble? What is pure? What is, be thankful. If you wake up and go, I'm thankful for today, no matter your circumstances, how much more is your mind going to start looking for that stuff? Don't conform to the patterns of this world. Be renewed. So I ask this question just to consider yourself. You know, don't have to answer it out loud and necessarily. How's your thought life? What have you been thinking about lately? What has been your vision lately? Just think to yourself, yeah, let it, let it be a bit convicting. If I thought about it when I prepared this sermon, I did, I was a bit convicted. I was like, do you know what? It's not on what is true. It's not on what is noble all the time. It's not on what is pure. How's your thought life? What's been worrying you? Is it helping, <laughs> worrying about it? What are you meditating on? Is it your annoying neighbours? How bad today is? How bad your bringing up was, if that's you? Or are you numbing it with drink and silly talk and distraction? Nonsense. Or maybe numbing it with Netflix or just trying not to think about it or thinking about stuff that's meaningless. I'm not saying you're not allowed to have a bad day. Don't hear me. This is not pretending. It's not waking up and someone dints your new car and you go, oh, that's fine. No, 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 I'm not. That's, that's putting on a performance. But it's after you process that, it's being gracious towards the person that hits it because life's still good. Jesus won and you're okay. And, and you, in a car, if you're in a car crash, thank God, everyone's okay. Do you know what I mean? There's always something to be thankful for. It's reframing. I'm not saying pretending. That's going to do the opposite. It's fake. Be real. Be upset. Have a bad day. But there's still things to be thankful for. Reframe it. Capture that thought. Guard your mind and have a grateful mind. And so here's a couple of what we do in here. We give you a practical thing to just try. You don't have to. It's not a quiz. I'm not asking for a tick box at the end of this month. Here's some ideas to have a grateful mind. Um, Maintain a gratitude journal. I know Ian encouraged us earlier this year to carry a gratitude journal, uh, noting the big or small things that you're thankful for each day. A great way. Set reminders throughout the day and pause and reflect on something you appreciate. If needed, let let an alarm be on your phone. People might be going, that's a bit extreme. My phone notifies me for every single silly thing the world does. I think it's okay if I set an alarm just to remind myself of what I'm thankful for. Let it beep at you for a positive reason. Meditate or pray with a focus on gratitude. So it's okay to bring everything. It said, we just read it with prayer and petition. Bring all things to God, but it doesn't hurt. (laughs) Certainly will benefit you if it's not always a shopping list. Sometimes start the prayer with Hey, God, thank you for what you've given me today. Even if your life is so hard that day that it's just breath in your lungs. 
It's not always the shopping list prayer, which is totally fine. He wants to hear that. I'm not saying that. But just replace it sometimes. And guard your thought life, replacing negative thoughts, reframing them for grateful ones. Again, I've said here, just to make sure, this isn't about positive thinking necessarily. It's about processing your negative thoughts through the lens of this world or through God, which is not a false truth. It's the truest truth. So I'm not saying pretend with God's truth. I'm saying God's truth is truer, is the truest, is the real truth. Process it through that. All right, my second one, embody gratitude. My second encouragement, if you're taking notes, embody gratitude. Colossians 3, 12, 17 says this. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with one another and forgive one another. If any of you have grievance against someone, forgive it as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of God rule your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace. And what? And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit. What we've done today, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts and whenever you do, whenever in word or in deed, do it all in the name of Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. If you really want to allow gratitude to sink in this morning, if you're serious about changing your mind, renewing your mind, then my second encouragement is embodying gratitude clothe yourself wear it yet yeah, wear it and then live it be forgiving be compassionate i love this word bear with one another this the, the writer here gets what church life and relationships are like sometimes it's just bearing with one another <laughs> that's okay bear when i be kind let the peace of god and with let the peace of god and gratitude into our hearts giving thanks to the father letting it overflow in your life what I mean is someone does something for you, yes, you can say thank you, or you can think in your head, that's really nice of them. I'm saying go one step further. Embody it. Practice it. Let me, can I give you some more examples? Is that all right? Again, not a quiz. You don't have to do this, but what a great way to embody and practice. Write thank you notes or handwritten letters to people who have positively impacted your life verbally if you're not a writer if that's okay if you're like me and it would actually be almost a curse to read my writing type it that's fine just find a way to bless them verbally express your gratitude to others when they do something so yes i'm literally as a part of this sermon saying say thank you carry out random acts of kindness as a way of expressing your gratitude through the world through thoughts gifts or actions we're going to look at some ways this month because we're practicing this as a church to say thank you one of those ways is lunch on the 30th together to say thank you for everyone that's participating being part of the church uh, as we join together as a family the other thing we're doing is we're going to do meals all week next week for our op shop crew because they're i very much they are church they are part of this church there's no distinction there's no actual wall here for me they're serving they're trying to be kind. They may be not right to the knowing Jesus part yet, some of them. That's okay. 
they hang around here long enough that has that effect on here, on people. And so they're in danger, I say. They're in danger of meeting Jesus. Um, but this, this week, lunch is on us. Um, we try to do this about once a year, twice a year, because they volunteer all year, all year, all week for free. Um, we're going to buy them lunch. And, and yeah, again, I'm not, it's just a little way we're trying to practice, not big noting. We, there's probably more we should do, but we're trying to thank them. So what's a way that you can practically thank someone this season? Don't just think it now and go, I should thank them. Pra- yeah, do it. Practice it. And then share your experience with, gra- with uh, gratitude. No one can ever not like someone that talks positively about other people. But I don't know if you're like me, it's so easy to have a whinge off. How was the traffic? Oh, I was like six cars in front of me. I was seven in front of me. There was a plane crash and there was 42 cars and seven planes in front of me. Um, I was, yeah, like, you know, we, 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 oh, you should hear my story and we'll have a whinge off. Oh, you thought your day was bad. Why did you had a gratitude off? Do you know what? Bit of traffic. God's still good, hey? Did you know why he's good in my life this week? This, this, this and this. And again, don't make it up. Don't make it up. Don't pretend. Oh, I'm having a great day. God is good. And you're just there. You, I don't know, you fell off a cliff or something and you're like bleeding and you're like, oh, God's, God's good. It's been a great day. No, you don't have to lie. But I'm still alive. I'm thankful for that. Just genuine gratitude. Look for reasons to be thankful. And then my final one today, final encouragement, is a grateful soul. Up until now, this message could be presented at my uni that I work at as a, an educational talk. This could be a TED talk, if you know what that is, um, about gratitude. It could actually be presented in the world and probably most people in the world would agree. Yeah, we've got to be more grateful. Here's why, though, this is different. Here's why Christians, followers of Jesus, those who know him, can be the most grateful can be truly walking and talking grateful people. Here's a snippet from Corinthians 4, or 2 Corinthians 13. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we also speak. Knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us up also with Jesus and bring us into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God, so that we do not lose heart through all our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentarily affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that we have seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. You can be grateful on the worst day. It says that as your body is wasting away. You can be grateful when you feel like you have nothing, when you've lost it all, even your health, even your life, because it is well with our souls. If we turn to Jesus and if you seek and follow him, or maybe you're curious, we'd love to have that conversation after church about how you just investigate this. Love it. 
We're running Alpha. So I've got one solution for you. We're running Alpha starting in August. Every Wednesday night here, we're going to investigate Jesus and why it is well with him and our soul. We can live in gratitude in all circumstances. We allow, if we allow the knowledge of Jesus' salvation and his constant work in us and through his eternal promise, we can see the world's sermon telling you that you need more, that you don't have enough, that you won't be okay, that there's wars or rumours of wars and you can go, it's all right, he wins and I'm in him, I'm secure, I'm safe. We don't have to be deeply anxious. It's all okay. We can sleep in a storm because we know who wins. This is why we are the best at practicing this because we know who wins eternally. If you're in Jesus, you can have that type of security, that type of peace. Won't happen overnight, does sound like one of those ads, but it will grow and happen. couple of ways to practice that this month reflect and meditate on scripture and encourage gratitude letting them guide your worldview put on those lenses i love the expression i didn't make up win the day is the first thing you're looking at someone else's showreel on the instagram of how good their life is and yours isn't or is it the bible telling you you're enough you're okay well you're enough in jesus you're okay he's got you he wins win the day you've started to win it and it's only, well, it depends what stage of life. For us, you've won the day at 5.30 a.m. When the kids are all getting up to do the 5.30 winter toilet run. How fun's that? God's good, right? I'm so grateful for my kids. Stops me from yelling at them. Turn the light off. No, you can't use our bathroom. Why are you playing with a Nerf gun at 5.30 on a Sunday morning, Noah? Why are you shooting? It turns out it protects him, right? Smart. Anyway, as he told us this morning, as he's shooting it at our bed. Anyway, <laughs> true story. <laughs> Reflect. Grateful. Wake up. Read the Bible. Win the day. Uh, do you in prayer express your thanks to God for his blessing, his guidance, during challenges for the people in your life, even the difficult ones? How crazy is it the hard ones in our life, instead of praying that that would stop, you just thank God for them and hope that they're Okay. Create art, music, or other expressions that symbolise your gratitude. Express it. And then engage in collective praise and worship activities, which if it is a tick box, you've done that one this morning. Well done. Do this. Gather together and encourage each other. God's, God's good, hey? All the time. <laughs> We're going to... Um, do Jesus knows this, and that's why he like kept things simple for us and wanted us to remember things and practice. And so that's why he did communion. How you guys are going to forget that I died for you, that I gave my life for you, that I in me, that you can have a renewed life that is peaceful, eternal, joyful. You're going to forget to thank me. You're going to forget to put those lenses on because he knew the world long before Vision Pros, he knew the world would constantly be trying to tell us something else. And so he said, do this in remembrance of me. And he made it so simple that we couldn't stuff it up. He didn't say, yeah, I don't know, swing this around twice and then say these words and then pour this on that and then you need this. And no, he said, here's a bit of wine in front of me and here's some bread. 
when I bleed for you, remember it, and when my body is whipped and beaten and given for you, remember that. Use the bread as my provision for you. And so we're going to do that right now. I'm going to ask our volunteers, um, actually I'll pray first and then the volunteers are going to come forward and they're going to take, give you a bit of bread and you're going to give a bit of juice and I want you to hold the cup or drink together and just take a moment, we've got time, take a moment to remember what God is doing in your life even if it's the most simplistic thing. We have a family practice we do. It's in the practice guide. We have a family practice that we try to on the weekend, one of the weekend nights. We try to. We miss it all the time, but we try to. When the kids are seated at the table for 10 seconds, we say, what are you thankful for? Sometimes it's literally the thing they're eating or the thing in front of them. Sometimes it's like, have a green cup. Great, you found something. Sometimes something profound comes out of our kids. We do it too. And it's actually, I'm so thankful. I think Belle's normally the one that comes out with something deep and profound and thought of. She says something, but they all do. She says something like, I'm so thankful for school holidays and my family. And so she's probably angling for dessert, but it doesn't matter. It's, it's a practice, right? So they grow up and be thankful. Let me pray. And then we're going to be thankful because Christ died for us. Father God, we are I don't know. I, I don't live everybody's life here. I don't know if this week has been hard. I know lots of us are facing sickness. I know lots of us have just beaten sickness. I know lots of us are still struggling with it. Father, I know some of us will have family and friends that there's conflict, there's breakdown of relationships. Some of us will be really struggling financially in this climate. There are so many things to be anxious about. At least that's what the world tells us. That's what our mind looks for. That's what captivates, or is so easy to captivate our vision. But this morning, let us just reframe that. This season at this church, let us reframe that to the truest truth. And the truest truth is that you died for us, that it is finished, that it is well with our souls, that in you we can build a life that is good and beautiful and eternal. that we can be non-anxious presence in, our, in people's lives because we carry you. Let us just remember that now. Remember your body and your blood given to us. In Jesus' name, amen.